I don't really obsess about individual failures because I think failures happen all the time. Failures are like a series of failures at the same time as you have a series of successes. It's the inevitable balance of life. But I think it's like each one of these failures, it's trying to understand what can you learn from that? Is there anything to learn from that? to Success at Scale with Triple G Ventures. I'm here today with my really, really good friend, Sarah Yule, sometimes goes by the name Sound Lady, I think, Sound Lady Sarah. Um, But she has an amazing career in the music business, music products business, music technology. She knows all sorts of stuff and she has scaled so many companies. I gotta tell you, I just am so honored that she's taking the time late at night, by the way, to join me today uh, to talk to you about all the great things going on in her world. So, Sarah, tell us about you. Triple G. It's so good to be here. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you for inviting me. I feel honored to be here um, and to be part of this. So a few words about myself. Um, Well, I started off as a sound engineer, believe it or not. Uh, had my head more towards the books and the maths, uh, but fell for the art and then fell for the business. Um, so I've been working in the business side for probably about 15 years now in music, audio, consumer electronics, um, big companies, small companies, new companies. Um, I love this business. It feels like an extended part of my family. And it's awesome. that I've got to work with you along that journey as well. Well, likewise, I got to tell you, working with you is probably one of the biggest highlights in my career. Personally, I've enjoyed it. That's why I'm so excited you're here today. But let's talk about this. You know, you got started in, in this music journey. Why music? What, what you know, how'd you get started in all this? Do you know what? I always loved music growing up. Like I was a huge Michael Jackson fan and I wanted to be able to sing and dance and make music. But I was also, believe it or not, like you're never going to believe this, but I was really shy when I was a kid. Like I, I, don't I didn't. Believe I don't believe <laughs> one of the most outgoing people I've ever met. I was really, I was really shy, and the thought of being on stage and performing in front of people just terrified me. Um, so it was something I never really did. I think I, I did county orchestra playing flute for a couple of years, and I was in the choir, but kind of like hidden towards the back and trying to make sure no one noticed me. Um, but I still really loved music. And I think I was about 15 years old um, and I found out about this job called a sound engineer where you get to hang out in music studios and record bands, but you don't have to perform anything. And it was quite geeky. It was quite mathsy and sciencey. And I was like, that is what I want to do. So that's why I ended up studying. But um, I kind of fell into uh, the business side of, of it because I mistakenly thought that uh, the hours would be better. Um, I've I've learned the hard way over the years, but do you know what? I love it. Um, and I've realized that the business side of things is something that I've always been into. You know, I was the kid that my first job was working in a bakery when I was like 15. Um, it was two pounds an hour cash in hand. But what I used to do at the end of the day, they used to throw all the donuts and the bread away. And uh, I used to collect it all and then resell it um, to my friends, uh, like half the price. So I take like bags of donuts around and like loaves of bread for their moms. And so I, I kind of like doubled my wages each week by selling off this um, 
selling off this like bread and cakes at the end of the day. So it's like, you know, there was that, you know, I started a club night when I was studying as well. It ended up being one of the biggest club nights um, in Liverpool. So I've always kind of liked that business side of things, but I didn't realize it until it kind of accidentally landed on me. And then, yeah, here I am. Amazing. Here you are. And today you're at this incredible company, uh, Audio Technica, right? Yeah, I'm an audio technica now. So believe it or not, I was just talking about this today. It's nearly two years that I've been there, which wow. has just gone so fast. But, you know, time doesn't mean anything anymore, does it? Because this year is just, this year has like taken time as a concept, crumpled it up and thrown it out of the window because like everyone's the lost sense of time. It's like, what day is it? What week is it? What month is it? Um, it's just gone so fast. And yet we seem to have been in the situation for ages. So yeah, it's been two years at Audio Technica. And, um, Awesome company, fan, fascinating company as well. Um, so diverse in terms of the the channels that they operate in and the you know the the makeup of their business. But yeah, great experience. So like, you started in your career, mm. uh, kind of with this dream, right? Now mm. fast forward all this way, you've done all these great things. Now rewind. Uh, what advice would you give to someone coming into this industry and getting into this business? What, you know, what would you do differently and, or what could you tell them? Do you know what? Make sure that you're really super passionate about what you do. You have to be, you have to love what you do. You have to be passionate about the products that you're selling or the company that you're representing what you're doing, because that passion is what's going to get you through those harder times. and you know, you need to be resilient. It's not easy out there. It's, it's tough. Uh, you're going to have a million people tell you you're wrong and tell you no, and so many obstacles to overcome. So if you've not got that passion about what you're doing in the first place, it's going to make it all so much harder. So advice I'd give to other people, if you want to do this is make sure you're passionate about it and then go for it. All right. Well, let's now contrast that against sales. Because you mm. happen to be one of the most talented sales, marketing professionals, commercial people I know. Like, so how does this compare to sales and marketing and business when you started all the way in music? How does it correlate? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question. I think for me, the concept of, of music and because I, obviously I wasn't a musician, I was a sound engineer um, and did sound engineering and production. But, you know, when you're doing sound engineering, like the, the preparation, um, you know, the preparation, the planning and um, the presentation, you know, selling the concept to the artist almost of what you want to do. And I think that type of training is really lent into the style of salesperson that I am. You know, I wouldn't say that I'm a, a wham, bam, get it sold type of person. I'm, you know, I'm kind of thinking about thinking about kind of what the, you know, the mood or kind of, you know, the vision I'm thinking about, you know, the, the different parts in terms of the different strategic elements and the different channels and thinking about the process, you know, how we're going to get it done. I'm selling that vision almost of that whole thing as if I'm talking to an artist or a producer in terms of that, that sound and how to do it. And then obviously trying to get to a point where I'm really enjoying what the, what the end is. But I think the concept in sales is very similar to the concept in audio recording. There's a famous saying where it's, you know, poop in, poop out, if I try and use a more polite phrase. And, and I think it's the same in, in sales. You know, if you've, if you've got a poop product or a poop strategy, then 
the result at the end is not going to be what you want. So all of those elements, I think, are really important. And I think those are the, that's the kind of crossover that you can make between those two. It's so flipped out, though. I mean, <clears throat> sales mm. uh, is so much about being a consultant, about being a partner, about building a relationship. These are all things you and I together, we, you know, working together at, in music or Roly or wherever we've been together uh, for a long time. You know, sales is about, you know, being a consultant, being a partner, being, you know, having a relationship. Mm. Um, tell me about how you think about relationships and you think about the world of selling. Mm. I, I mean, I, I agree with you first and foremost. I think relationships are so important. And I think it's that it's that thing, isn't it? I mean, you're one of the best networkers I know in terms of being able to go into a room, light it up and get everyone communicating and talking, kind of break the ice. And I think that is so important sometimes. I think one of the biggest problems a lot of people have in sales or trying to get stuff done is not being able to relate to the person that they're they're communicating with or just not being able to communicate effectively. Like I've, I've walked into meetings or been present in meetings where it's so awkward. It's like, it shouldn't be that damn awkward, but it's just um, that kind of lack of sort of social awareness in terms of just connecting with people and finding common ground finding a common goal. And, you know, the way we talk about it makes it sound like you're kind of acting or being fake, but it's not, it's a genuine, it's a genuine interest in people and getting to know people and understanding, you know, what's important to them and, and how to kind of connect all the pieces together. And I think that, that skill of being able to connect people and put things together could probably also be related back to music and, and audio and engineering as well, because it's the same, I guess, when you're, you know, you're songwriting or you're, you're putting a band together or you're playing along with other musicians, like understanding how your part fits into that, how to communicate with other people. Um, you know, you're a drummer, so you keep the time, right. Which is, which I think is, is significant as well when you talk about this, because you're trying to keep everyone on the beat of that communication. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of, a lot of uh, parallels to make, but, you know, when it comes to relationships, I think, I think they really are everything, you know, sales is not something that just happens, although <laughs> a lot of companies think so, but, you know, it does take a lot. And I think, you know, relationships and, and consulted that consultative approach um, is essential. It's, it's crazy during this time, this, this COVID time that we're living in, right. Mm. It is so easy to allow relationships to go away. Uh, I just had a call with somebody who reached out to me this morning. I didn't have time to talk, but I took the call anyway. I made time to talk to him. And when I talked to him, uh, it, it was just so interesting to talk real and connect with uh, him and, and, and talk about, you know, the world and how we're feeling and what's going on. And I don't think he would have called if we didn't have that relationship and that connection. To me, I, I, I don't do anything, uh, you know, I, I look at it like this. I always say the same thing. Uh, you know, at Berkeley, they talked about to be rather than to seem. And it's like, it needs to be authentic. Otherwise, don't do it. Right. Mm. And, you know, it doesn't always work. doesn't always no. work. But it's the right. It's the right kind of approach that I think that's why you and I have transcended work and become friends, you know, all these years later, because yeah. 
it was you real, can, you know? Exactly. You can, you kind of get it and, and you move in that way, but I absolutely agree. And I think, you know, as you say, this year has been difficult to stay in touch with people. And I think it is nice to be able to just check in with people and be like, how are you? And, you know, it's great to hear from you. Like, I'm glad you're well, like I'm genuinely glad that you're doing okay. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think we've all been doing all of these video meetings all year and, you know, there's, it's, it does get tedious and it does get tiring after a while. But at the same time, you know, when you're when you're speaking to some people that you'd normally only ever meet in an office wearing a suit and they're in their house and their cats jumped on their lap during the call or their dog starts barking or the kid runs in uh, or, you know, the husband brings a cup of coffee in or something. And you kind of see that other human side of people. And I think that's been a really good reminder this year that that there's a human side to everyone. It's not just business. And I think it's actually, it's actually been a nice thing that I think other people are now realizing that importance of connections, realizing that importance of, of seeing the people side of business as well. And I think that's a great lesson for everyone to learn. So, so this is called success at scale mm. and success wouldn't be possible without failure. So let's talk about a time when maybe things didn't go your way. And, you know, you had to face failure or a tough situation. And what did you do and how did you learn from it? You know, I think I don't really obsess about individual failures because I think failures happen all the time. Failures are like a series of failures at the same time as you have a series of successes. It's the inevitable balance of life. But I think it's like each one of these failures, it's trying to understand what can you learn from that? Is there anything to learn from that? Sometimes it's just frustrating, but if there's a common theme, I think for me, of failures, which are frustrating, it's when things just aren't the right time. So it's like, you've tried to do something and you've tried so hard and it hasn't worked, but it's just been the wrong time. Um, it hasn't been the right time. You've been too early. You've been too late. You, you know, it's, it's kind of things just haven't kind of matched together and and I was thinking about this the other day, actually, in terms of like time and, you know, things, things that I've not done well because of timing wasn't right. And it really made me think this year has taught me something so big about something I think I failed out personally before, which is time for myself and time for my family, I think has been a bit of a failure for my career because there's been years where I've probably been away from home far more than I've been at home because I've been flying around the world getting stuff done, you know. Um, and I give, you know, 100% of my time when I'm when I'm home to my family and, and try and do stuff for myself. But I think this year really made you realize the importance of having a, that balance and that you can kind of give it all, but you can kind of have more time. So I'd say my biggest failure has just been realizing that it's okay to have a bit more time for yourself and for your family. And, um, you know, that's a luxury that neither of us really knew before because we were both on a plane every two minutes. Right. And that just becomes the norm. You do, you know, you don't know any different. That's what's expected. You're talking to someone right now or listening to someone right now 
who traveled a tremendous amount of time all over the world, no questions asked. You know, I mean, I've heard all sorts of stories with you, Sarah, where you go somewhere and you even have a medical issue or something and you're like, I'm still doing it, I'm still going. Like there's no stopping you, uh, which is admirable. But I, I also remember so many times giving you the advice that I needed too, uh, the same advice. So I'm a mm -hmm. hypocrite, I guess. But I, I, I remember telling you, like, you know, just just, you know, slow down and, and try and find a, a balance. Sometimes what I've learned, too, is you got to slow down to speed up. You know what I mean? Mm. Like all of this boils down to one thing or a few things, uh, but a journey. We're all on this mm. journey and it depends on how you look at things. Right. Like, you know, those failures ultimately fuel your success. So people who are afraid to fail, they don't mm. reap the benefit of the success. And I think this is coming back to sales too, by the way, mm. because so many people want the output of sales, but they don't have the, they don't want to oh, forget strategy. Ah, oh, forget this, forget that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do you find this too? Have you seen this before what I'm describing to you? I have seen it before. I mean, Thankfully, not everywhere, but I think even you and I have, have, have joked about this, maybe uh, sitting at the bar somewhere. But, um, you know, unfortunately, I have met people where to them sales is like a bodily function. It's like if I eat food, I'm going to go to the toilet afterwards. Right. And that's that's like, you know, if I make a product, then it's just going to sell. Right. It, right. it can't be hard. You know, just make the product and it will sell. And, you know, as much as it would be great if that was the case you know, it's, it's, it's very often not, it takes a lot to, to get to that point. And as you said, I think, I think sales gets a bad reputation because it's kind of seen as this kind of old school, like, you know, guy with a file of facts and a brown suit, you know, shouting, shouting numbers and like being aggressive or trying to sell you a car or something. And, and like, it's not the reality, as you said, it's, you know, it's, it's everything else. Uh, that it is, and and yeah, the input to output, like we were saying with the with the recording analogy, you know, it's it is that, it definitely is. Oh, that. All right, that's old school. Let's talk new school. <laughs> then there's this technology piece that's now in the world of selling and marketing and business. What kind of role does technology play in in your current day to day uh, at mm. Audio Technica? I mean, technology. I mean, especially this year is 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 just everything, isn't it? I mean. It's it's day to day in terms of communications, in terms of project management. I mean, Audio Technica was already kind of remote because it's such a dispersed matrix to organization around the world that everything was already on Teams. So we were kind of one step ahead there. But you know, everything is you know everything's online, shared documents, cloud interface. You know, it's all of these different apps. You know, it's trying to manage your, your digital shelf when you've got all of these different apps looking at different analytics and metrics and measuring and you know, everything is kind of, if I didn't have my computer or my phone, it's like, what am I going to do basically? Because I experienced every, everything is in there. <laughs> uh, our, our internet at our house here with homeschooling going on upstairs and me down, yeah. the internet was cut uh, and we had to tether the phone. So we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the phone. It was a nightmare. I mean, you can't do anything in this, in this world, right? There's nobody to talk to. You know, it is. It's so hard. It's so hard. I've, I've actually, you know, I do 
keep if I'm working on a file or something, I always keep a local version as well, just in case, because it's like I don't want to be left with with nothing. But yeah, I mean, in in day to day business, it's 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 there. But you know, it's also in in products. I mean, even for like the company I'm at now, Audio Technica is a sixty year old company, pretty much. Um, but you know, I sit in the product meetings or look at the strategy meetings, and technology features heavily if not in the products which are coming out now, but also in the roadmap. And, you know, every company now has to be really considering how technology plays a part in in what they do, you know, whether it's consumer electronics, whether it's music and audio, whether it's professional audio installation, you know, people want technology solutions now which, which fit together seamlessly, which integrate, um, you know, which are smart, which have additional features. And, you know, you've got to look out there right now that some of the biggest companies in the business are not music and audio companies, they're tech companies. So like to say that tech is not important in, in sales or in the market and what you do is, is, you know, it's just not the reality. Tech is, is super important. And I think every salesperson now needs to be really well versed in also digital marketing and, you know, the latest softwares and tools that are available to help drive a sales team and to give better visibility, to understand sales operations, to, to kind of have all of those pieces that fit together. Because when you're doing sales, you're not just driving a channel anymore or speaking to a customer. You're really looking at that omni-channel network of all of them working together. And, and every little piece, you know, has a knock-on effect. It's all like little cogs. So you have to have much more of a holistic view we're making this sound hard, aren't we? Because you have to have this holistic view. You have to be a bloody consultant, a counselor, <laughs> resilient, passionate. Right. So then what are the top <laughs> things that then when you get out of bed in the morning and you plan your day, like what, what are you thinking about in order to prioritize and work through all those priorities? You got family over here, balance over there. You got all these different moving parts. How do you keep it together? schedule i i have to everything is in my diary like my diary is insane but everything is everything is scheduled i try and block time for different things i try to be quite um good with with you know sticking to the time on things um you know i i schedule in breaks now as well cuz i used to be one of those people that sits at their desk all day and you know it gets to like the end of the day where other people are leaving and i realize i've not even been to the bathroom since the morning never mind eating anything or drunk anything been there so, yeah so it's like now i'm trying to like take some breaks you know go for a walk outside get some fresh air albeit it's kind of cold now so that's not as attractive but at least kind of move you know at least kind of have some have some movement um but yeah schedule schedule is essential and you know i think when i get up in the morning I'm probably as guilty as everyone that it's like, you know, I probably do check emails, check schedule, have a coffee, then get in the shower. It's kind of like, I can't not look at what I've got to do in the day because then when I'm in the shower and I'm getting ready, I'm thinking about things already and starting to plan out what I'm going to do in my day. So yeah, it's, it's, it's For anyone watching, don't bring your phone in the shower. Not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't recommend that. Despite what, you know, I know some of these companies say that their product's waterproof, but, you know, there's no point yeah. to test it. Don't don't try that. No. Anyways, so back to you. Um, who are the people who have influenced you the most? It's an interesting question, that, because, you know, I don't want to get too deep, but... <laughs> but if, we're pausing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. I mean, to be honest, I think one of my biggest inspirations has to be my mum. Like my mum is a force of nature. 
Um, anyone who's ever met her will never forget my mum. She's she's uh, completely unique, and um, you know she is so not afraid to be herself one hundred percent of the time and do what she thinks is right. And you know this is this is the woman she was born in like nineteen forty nine. She's the you know mother of three. Um, she's seen it all. She's been there. She's done it. She's literally bought the t-shirt. But she brought me up to have such an eclectic upbringing and to be so open-minded to different types of people from all walks of life. Um, you know, yeah, probably a little bit more on the left side of of politics for obvious reasons. But you know, very kind of um, open to learn and to to understand people. And I think it comes back to that skill we were talking about of being able to relate to people. I definitely learned that from my mom of her just taking me to. You know, it was just me and her growing up and she used to take me to a lot of um, adult events and parties and friends' houses. And so I just got used to talking to adults and and kind of hanging out with adults and talking about different things. But, you know, these would be everyone from, you know, um, hippies to, you know, rock stars to bankers to, you know, just eclectic mix of friends. You know, we were living in London, in North London, so she had a pretty diverse set of, of friends. Um, and she's just an awesome lady. You know, she she moved out to Wales and went to live in the middle of the countryside. She doesn't have a TV because she thinks it's a load of rubbish. She just reads books and she studies stuff online. Um, you know, she's just she's just a pretty awesome person. And I think if I could be an ounce as strong as she is, um, then I would be doing good. So I think she has to become number one. Well, that's that's just amazing. I got to tell you. You're way stronger than than you think you are. And and she sounds just awesome and someone who I'd love to meet one day. I'll tell you something. Uh, everything you described in your story and your upbringing and how you got here and your career, uh, it sounds like it, it ties back to your mom, too. So it's kind of cool. Kind of cool to hear. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, I do have brothers and sisters, but I didn't grow up with them. So she was the biggest influence in my life. So I think so much of what I think about or what I reference, she's my main kind of reference point to, to everything. Um, and, and that's nice. And I mean, at the same time, she, she keeps me completely grounded. She, she still sort of wonders when I'm going to get a proper job. Um, <laughs> that's maybe doing something that's, you know, be a teacher or, you know, maybe do something, <laughs> do something else, uh, the sales stuff. What's all that about? But, um, you know, she's, She's 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 really sweet and uh, she's definitely a, a big inspiration. I think outside of my mum, you know, this will sound uh, probably a little bit cheesy, but I think Michael Jackson was as well because that was definitely like I remember watching him do the moonwalk for the first time, you know, in that video, and um, I was just like, wow, that is so cool! Like the number of times that I fell over and smashed my head as a kid trying to do the lean from the from the from that video. <laughs> I think you um, and a lot of other people. Oh my know. god! Yeah, so like, I mean, I I just I just loved it, you know. I I was I that's what made me fall in love with music was watching amazing performers like that, and you know, still now, you know, when I watch any amazing musician, that feeling of of joy that I get is just unreal, and so I think. Michael Jackson was the person that really set that spark off in me, which then I think has led to so much more in my in my life and my career. Um, and then if I think I have to say a third person, I think I have to kind of mention someone in my career. And there's been a few influential people in my career, but I think if I 
talk about the first one. It's got to be um, a gentleman called Tony Larkin um, from Teal Audio. And Tony Larkin was the guy that hired me um, age 23 um, to work at his company. I'd been working at a retailer before and um, we'd become the number one retailer in the UK for his products. And he happened to be based in like my hometown. And so I just said I'd pop in for a cup of tea while I was passing because, you know, it was just down the road. And I went in and I met him and his brother and the girls in the office. And I ended up being there all day. And by the time I left there, we felt like family already. Um, he went on to like be my my surrogate uncle, Tony. And, you know, we're still we're still friends now. Like he was at my wedding. But, you know, he put so much trust and so much faith in me when I was young and I think gave me so much confidence that it would, you know, I could I could do this and it would be all right. And especially because I was so young, you know, a lot of people say to me, you know, was it difficult getting started out because you were young, because you're a woman, because you're a woman of color? And it's like Tony didn't make me think of any of those things. He didn't make it obvious to me that any of that was a problem. Like you know, if I encountered it, you know, he would always defend me and just be like, just remember your skills. Like you're probably smarter than a lot of those people that are saying anything like you've, you know, you've got a good training, you're good at what you do. And, and just like really helped me out and gave me a lot of support. And I think if it, you know, he was, he was kind of a key person and just getting everything kicked off. So I have to give props to Tony. Tony, that's awesome. I haven't met Tony, but he sounds amazing too. Let's talk about one, you know, common myth uh, that you've encountered, you know, whether it's in business or it's in sales and music, you know, what's a common myth that you want to debunk right now, right here? Let's get it done. Do you know what? There's there's two that spring to mind. There's two that spring to mind. One of them, I guess, isn't so relevant in like post-COVID world, but that is the myth that this life is glamorous because people see that you're getting on a plane and you're going out for dinners and, you know, you're traveling around and they're like, oh, wow, must be so glamorous. And you're like, Mm-mm. <laughs> you could see the, the other side, the like fact I've had three hours sleep in the last 72 hours because I've been flying around and I don't even know which hotel I'm at. You know, the number of times that you try and put your key card in the wrong door because you've forgotten which hotel you're staying at. And so, I mean, that that would be one, but it feels kind of alien now because none of us have been on a plane since, you know, the start of the year. So I would say the other one is like reinforcing a point that you already made today. And that is that it doesn't just happen. I think that's probably the, the biggest myth. I think especially for people that sit outside of the, you know, the commercial side of the business you know, outside of sales and marketing they kind of look at it they look at the numbers and you know they'd be like wow you know it it's it's great it just kind of happens and I think that's the the biggest myth because there's so much that goes on behind it and you know I've heard several companies this year I've heard people say well you know we had people furloughed but we still we still hit all of the sales goals or you know we had we unfortunately had to let people go but you know the sales didn't go down and I kind of, you know, took a bit of offense to that because I said, don't think it's because you don't need salespeople or you don't need people or those people weren't weren't valid. Like one this year, you can't really take as a, a case study for exact correlation in performance because everything's just been upside down this year. But but also it's understanding kind of the impact and the time and the significance. It's like everyone within a business isn't that important. 
any one person isn't that important. That's unfortunately the reality. But every single person in a business is significant. Every single person is. And so if you've got a load of significant people, that's how you get that input in order to get the output. If you take away some of those people, you're going to have gaps and that output isn't going to be right. So yes, there might not be one single person that's that important overall in the grand scheme of things, but they're damn well significant and don't ever think that they're not. And if you want to get the output, you have to get the input. Uh, Otherwise it doesn't work. So well said. I mean, you know, look, at the end of the day, you know, I'd love to survey those companies that said, yeah, we fired a bunch of people, but, you know, our sales are still good. I'd love to survey them in six months from now, because mm. those same people who might report year end numbers that are just fine, good, great. You know, those same people in six months from now, three months from now, whatever the time frame is, mm. they're going to be begging for it if they don't have any help around, right? Do, no, nobody yeah. making those relationships, nobody making those partnerships. And far too often you see companies, they go from, you know, top of the world to zero. Like, how does because, that happen overnight, yeah. you know? If there's one thing that I've seen time and again, I mean, obviously we've never been through something like this before, but if we rewind to like the financial crisis that happened, yeah, um, you know, the companies which invested then, the companies which invested smartly or invested in their people or took care of those relationships were the ones that you saw prosper at the other end, generally, like from, from the few examples I can think of. Um, and so I think, yeah, you know, the people that, that will prosper through this next year is going to be tougher. Yeah. Even if there's a, you know, I, I'm usually Miss Sunshine, so I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be um, glass half full. But, you know, this year has been tough for many different reasons, but next year it's going to be tougher for a whole lot of other reasons. Um, so, you know, I think in terms of debunking myths, like understand the significance of the people within your business, understand that it doesn't just happen. Um, but, you know, you can get there if you get the input in, the output will come, as you said. So this is about practical advice. Mm. And, you know, this is a time of uncertainty. Uh, Nobody knows what next Mm -hmm. year is going to bring. What kind of practical advice would you give to someone who is struggling right now, who is trying to reinvent themselves, either get a job or, you know, grow within their career or even their business is going well and they're trying to thrive. They're trying to figure it out. This is a moment of great prosperity. What Mm. What advice would you provide to people that are out there that are kind of working through this time of uncertainty? Yeah, no, it is a huge time of uncertainty. And I think I think that's one of the hardest things for anyone to deal with because everyone essentially just wants to know where they're at. They want to know what's going on. And no one can answer those questions right now. I mean, the the examples you gave are kind of the two ends of the spectrum. And I think, first of all, for people that are struggling right now, you know, I... I feel for them because it's just been such an unfathomable year and I can't try and pretend I know exactly what they're going through right now, but I can imagine the emotions, the mix of emotions they're going through. And I think for them, I would say, you know, don't give up, don't give up, be courageous, be strong, be confident. Your skills, whatever they are, whichever industry they're in will be transferable they will be transferable. Like sit down, focus on, on what makes you tick, what makes you happy. Use it as an opportunity. You know, I always try and say, spin with the universe and see where it takes you because 
sometimes, you know, things happen to create positive change and try and just keep that attitude to see that positive change. I think for the people that are on the other end of the spectrum right now and the business is just racing and things are great, you know, really think about what you've learned through that. You know, as things have been great, have they been great with everything the way it was before? Have have they done anything to adapt or change their business? Are they ready for what's next? Like now is a time to understand how strategically agile your business can be, how quickly you can flex and move what your plans are to adapt to what is going to be the new business environment. And if you are in any type of business at all, now is the time to be even more obsessed with your customer, to really understand what they want. Because I think naturally this year, many businesses have focused very much internally what they're going through, the impact on their business, their staff, their team, their strategy, their products, their supply chain. Um, And they've really sort of taken their eyes off of what their customer is going through, what their customer wants, how their customer feels, what their customer needs. And I think that's what people need to focus on right now. That's what they need to obsess about um, because whether it's B2B business and you're selling, you know, um, software as a service or whether it's B2C business and you're selling consumer product, it's the same thing. You just need to understand that your product is still relevant, that your business is still relevant. And if things are changing or consumer habits are changing, which they are, how are you adapting your business to meet those new consumer demands? And I think that is incredibly important. And it's probably something good for the, for the person that's struggling right now to think about as well is, you know, the new the new environment and new consumer habits, the new business environment. You know, can you can you excel in some of those areas that would be useful to businesses? Because if they're not thinking about it now, then in the next six to twelve months, I think businesses are going to be looking at how they can bring on people that are going to help them be strategically agile, to help them be more customer and consumer obsessed, and to help them understand all of these things, which are suddenly going to hit like a train. I think. I think you're spot on. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you know, I, I started Triple G Ventures for the exact purpose to help companies through this difficult time. Uh, but I have my eye on a much better time. Like this, this, it, this too will pass at some point, right? Mm-hmm. The things will change, things will evolve. And when they do, right, we all, myself included, need to be completely reinvented and on our game. Like this is our time to thrive, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so that's why I kind of phrase the question the way I do. It's like, I think there's an element to survive right now. I really do. Mm -hmm. And my heart goes out to to everyone who's who's suffering uh, too. I mean, this is just a terrible, terrible time, but in the world of business, it's a cold hearted reality that, that business doesn't care, right? At the end of the day, it is you're up, you're down, you're sideways. Like that's what it is. So for us, this is a time, an incredible time of reinvention of something that we can we can do. And, you know, I've heard it in your voice throughout this this whole podcast. Um, and it's uh, I think you're spot on, Sarah. I really do. I think if you zoom out of all of the, the misery and the bad stuff of this year, I think what this year reminds you is change is always possible. Even the things that you thought are so ingrained into the everyday, so ingrained into the very essence of society that they will never change. This year has educated all of us that those things can change. They do change sometimes. And, you know, 
in a sense, knowing that is kind of empowering as well, because it's like, hang on a minute, if the whole world can stop and change, and I just want to change this thing, or I just want to make this happen, it's got to be possible, right? And, and so I think it's it's kind of, it is a time where you feel at the same time, a little bit empowered, like things are there to disrupt, things are there to change, new things are going to thrive, you know, and it's almost exciting to be like, when we come out of this, what world are we going to come out into? How great can we make it? How much better than before can we be? Like how much more, you know, all of these things that we've wanted to do, some of these things are fast tracking now, you know, in terms of things that we're passionate about, things which we're excited about, they, they're fast tracking. So you kind of get excited for what the world is going to look like afterwards, but you know, you can't, you can't just wait until it happens. You know, even though there's uncertainty now, businesses should be thinking about what could the world look like afterwards. And, and this is why I talk about consumer habits and how that's going to impact how societies work in a lot of the main markets in which we, which you and I, you know, trade um, is thinking about how to adapt to that and how to be ready um, to, to, you know, reap the rewards once it's, once it's there. You and I have a, a great common connection, a great common friend, a guy named Mark Frederick, who once said, <laughs> everything changes. Uh, and he, he, he always drilled that into my head. I'm sure he did into yours too. Uh, and I, I take that with me every day because you know what? It's true. And there is something empowering about that. Sarah, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk with us today. Uh, it's been very meaningful for me. Uh, it, I'm sure to our listeners too. Uh, and I'm so glad that you were able to join me. Your success has just been amazing. It continues to, to grow and uh, you truly are success at scale. So thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Greg. Uh, absolute honor and a pleasure to to spend some time with you, to hang out and uh, to speak with someone that's, you know, so great at what they do. And just pleased to see you continuing on your successful journey. Triple G in every sense of the word. And I'll 